to Soundprints Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Soundprints is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. This is Soundprints for the week of December 4, 2016. Anthony Stevens, Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs in the ACB National Office in Alexandria, Virginia, posted the following announcement this past Friday, December 2, on the ACB leadership list. We are pleased to announce that the United States Department of Justice published in the Federal Register on Friday, December 2, the final rule covering expansion of audio description services in movie theaters covered under Title III of the Americans with Disabilities Act, the ADA. The rule takes effect in 45 days on January 17, 2017, at which point theaters must publicly provide information on audio description services, maintain devices, and have staff be familiar with the use and care of such devices where currently available. Digital theaters of a certain size that do not currently provide such services must do so within 18 months of the final rule published today. To read the final rule, visit https colon slash slash www.gpo.gov slash fdsys slash pkg slash capital fr dash two zero one six dash one two dash o two slash html slash two zero one six dash two eight six four four dot htm the support alliance of the visually impaired savvy KCB's Owensboro chapter will hold its Christmas celebration on Tuesday, December 13, from 12:30 to 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, at the Wing Avenue Baptist Church in Owensboro, Kentucky. For more information, contact Rick Bogus, chapter president, at 270-684-4418. The Eastern Kentucky Christian Council of the Blind, also a chapter of KCB invites everyone to its Christmas party on Saturday, December 17, from 1 to 2.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at the Ponderosa Steakhouse in Hazard, Kentucky. For more information, call Frank Campbell at 606-693-9360. The Bluegrass Council of the Blind will host its holiday party on Monday, December 12, at its offices in Lexington. For more information, call the Bluegrass Council at 859-259-1834. ACB jackets are on sale at the ACB Mini Mall. Jackets are water-resistant nylon with the embroidered tactile ACB logo on the left front chest. The jacket zips and has a concealed hood in the collar. They're 100% nylon taffeta and they come in black navy, red, or royal blue. The sizes are small, medium, large, and extra large for $35 and 2XL and 3XL for $38. Not all sizes are available in every color. 
For more information and to order jackets, call 877-630-7190 or visit http colon slash slash mall m-a-l-l dot a-c-b dot o-r-g or you can visit the ACB main webpage at www.acb.org and follow the link to the mini-mall. On page two this week, we introduce you to a new book just recently published by seven authors from Kentucky. The authors are all blind or visually impaired and are all teenagers who were students at the Kentucky School for the Blind last year. A nonprofit organization called Louisville Story Program spearheaded this project, and we meet Joe Manning, Deputy Director of Louisville Story Program, and Silena Tyree, one of the student authors. As Joe explains on page two, standard print books are available through the Louisville Story Program for $20. Braille and large print books are available from the American Printing House for the Blind, and we understand the Braille copies are $143 and the large print $161. Also note that the authors do receive royalties on the sale of the standard print books, again explained in the interview on page 2. The Kentucky Council of the Blind may present awards to deserving individuals and organizations at its annual convention each fall. The William A. Ruth Award, named for KCB's first president, is for outstanding service to KCB. The Anna Rose and Louis Kane Award is given to an individual who is an advocate for blind and visually impaired people. Rose was KCB's third president. And the James Carl Dotson Award recognizes an individual or organization that has given outstanding community service that touches the lives of many blind and visually impaired people. The 2017 KCB Award presentations are on page 3. The Ruth Award is presented by Natalie Byers, Chair of the 2017 Awards Committee. The Kane Award by Carla Rushevel, KCB Representative to the Kentucky Office for the Blind Statewide Rehabilitation Council. And the James Carl Dotson Award is presented by Debbie Dethridge, President of the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind and incoming President of the Kentucky Council of the Blind, to John Prophet, President of the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, at the November 18 Greater Louisville Council of the Blind Roundabout. You can read more about the KCB Awards and the people for whom they are named by visiting our website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Four KCB chapters, including the Tri-State Library Users, Guide Dog Users of Kentuckiana, KCB Next Generation, and the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind, celebrated the season last night, December 3, at Christmas with the Council. Seventy-five people attended the party. The meal of ham, mashed potatoes, green beans, and corn, and choice of apple or cherry dump cake with ice cream for dessert was fantastic. Thanks to Patty and David Cox, Chastity and Destiny Starkey, Corey Dunn, Rich Marcy, and Elizabeth Strickland, and others who helped with the decorating, cooking, and serving. 
Thanks to Sue Ellen Milo and the Tri-State Library users for the reading of The Christmas Guest. To Deanna Scoggins, Bill Dethridge, and Dave Trevino from Guide Dog Users of Kentuckyana for leading the music. To Amanda Selm and Next Generation for the Christmas Scavenger Hunt game. To Frances Gregory and her daughter Catherine for coordinating the children's activities. And to Michael and Angie McCarty for facilitating the visit from Santa from the North Pole. Join in the fun on page four as Santa brings Christmas cheer to Christmas with the Council. Note, the first few seconds of the page are a bit difficult to understand, but stay with it. It's really a great snippet from the party. Page two. I'm on the phone with two guests this time for Sound Prints for this feature. One is Joe Manning, who is the Deputy Director of the Louisville Story Program, and the other is Selena Tyree, who is an author in the new book published by KSB students this past summer and just became available on the market in November. Welcome, Joe and Selena. Hi, Carla. Nice to talk to you. Nice to talk to you. Joe, why don't you begin by telling us how this project got underway and telling us what the project is. You gave a wonderful presentation at the 2016 convention of the Kentucky Council of the Blind, but a lot of our listeners are across the country, around Kentucky, and so on, and are not, we're not present to hear that, that um, talk that you gave. So, so introduce the Louisville Story Program to us and tell us about how this book got started. Sure. Thanks, Carla. So... The Louisville Story Program is a literary arts nonprofit um, that started in Louisville in 2012 between uh, myself and my partner, uh, friend, boss, Darcy Thompson, who's the executive director. And what really our goal is just to reach out to people in Louisville and in Kentucky whose voices are not heard very frequently, whose stories are not told often enough, uh, and we help them uh, and uh, offer them writing workshops in order for them to amplify their own voices and stories uh, because we believe that the more our neighbors, the more we hear from our neighbors, the more we really listen to them, the greater we can really know ourselves and our community. Uh, it's a pretty simple, empathetic act um, that we try to facilitate as much as we can. So what that includes is really, really in-depth, college-level creative writing workshops that last uh, frequently uh, more than a year. Um, we also focus on the value of oral history as a means of getting to know uh, folks that we don't hear from very frequently. We train our authors in oral history techniques uh, and interview techniques so that they can go into their own communities and, um, and sort of uh, uh, highlight some of the stories from within. Um, and this, this happens in a number of ways. The Global Story Program publishes books. We produce radio programs. We uh, put together art exhibits. Um, in the main, we have published three books at this point. Uh, our first was another youth project. The second, well, the first was called Our Shawnee and focused on West Louisville, seven young authors in West Louisville. Um, the second book was called I Said Bang, History of the Dirt Bowl, which is a history of a, a pickup basketball tournament um, in West Louisville that, that's been going on for 60 years. A lot of great oral history in there and a, and a history of, of neighborhoods coming together at three times of real, real struggle. Uh, and then we reached out to the Kentucky School for the Blind in 2014, in the 2014 um, because we once again figured here's a community of people in the city that you know uh, we don't, we just don't hear from very frequently. Um, here's a group of people who are leading extraordinary lives like like anybody else, um, and we just don't feel like their stories are being told. 
uh, with, with enough frequency. So we set up a writing workshop after KSB schools. We sort of embedded ourselves uh, and ingratiated ourselves to, to the KSB community. Um, and seven, uh, about ten authors stepped up and expressed interest in, in this really uh, intensive writing workshop um, that was going to take a lot of work. And we walked in and made a lot of promises to these young authors. Uh, and you know, ask that they believe in us and sit down and get to work over the course of more than a year and a half. Um, and seven, seven of them stuck it out and produced an amazing book called "We Can Hear You Just Fine: Clarifications from the Kentucky School for the Blind." Uh, and they were they they made it through a very rigorous writing workshop um, and produced fantastic chapters of memoir, uh, personal narrative, and oral histories taken in their home communities. We just released it last week. We've sold bundles of copies already. American Printing House for the Blind is producing the book in Braille and large print editions, and the Kentucky Talking Book Library will be producing an audiobook hopefully this summer. Also, the the the, um, the electronic Braille file is forthcoming from APH. And I will have to say, when you start reading it, you just can't stop. It is just compelling. It is a, it's an amazing book. Selena, you are one of those authors. Um, First of all, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, when you came to KSB, how many years you were there, you know, those kinds of things, and what interested you in this in this project? So I'm from West Kentucky, um, from Hopkins County. Um, not many people know about Hopkins County, but I'm in that little place where no one knows. And um, <laughs> I, My husband went to Murray State, so um, he, he loves Western Kentucky. So <laughs> He's a, it's a great place. One of the few places, other people that know about... Uh, my area, but it's it's really a nice place. It's really nice and relaxed and slow, and I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I lost my vision around 13 or 14 and uh, sort of needed to learn how to be a blind person, and so I uh, went to the Kentucky School for the Blind uh, my freshman year of high school. I give you the year, but I'm not very good at that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I always get confused, but uh, I went through my freshman year and pretty much stayed full-time and graduated uh, well, recently, 2016. So, mm-hmm. and what interested you in this creative writing program, which really had to be very, very intense to produce the kind of writing that you all have have done in this book? Oh yeah. Um, so, I've always, you know, ever since I lost my vision, um, I used to hate English. I used to hate reading anything involving that kind of thing at all. Um, but when I lost my vision, I started to listen to books and start getting into it. And eventually, I started thinking. I could, I could write, you know, I, I want to do this, I want to make stories, and uh, my wheelhouse was fantasy, and I practiced and practiced and sent, looking back on it, atrocious pieces of work to magazines and stuff like that, and um, one day, you know, and I um, just kept writing, even though, you know, because practice makes perfect, and I believe it was my junior, it was just finishing up my junior year, um, mm-hmm. I applied for something called the Governor's School for the Arts program. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a prestigious program that happens in Kentucky and other states, and they pick kids throughout in every county, every so-and-so. They go and they apply through this rigorous, you know, vetting thing. They pick artists throughout Kentucky who, you know, dance, who do music theater, who write, and things of that nature, and they pick a, a handful, well, not a handful, but in comparison, a uh, few people, and I went to an intensive workshop during that period. And then I believe it was, Joe, I don't remember, was it junior year or senior year? I think it was senior year you guys came, right? Well, it was your junior year when Darcy came over and pitched the idea to you all, and then it was uh, senior, your senior year when I showed up and uh, right. started putting you all to work. <laughs> right. Well, 
I, you know, with my backstory, um, I really wanted to write. And I knew, you know, I'd studied writing. I'd studied as much as I could on the process of writing, of the whole uh, the mechanics to the actual business end. And I knew how hard it was to get published. So when Joe and Darcy came in and pretty much offered us to be able to tell our stories, I immediately jumped on it because it was a rare occurrence to have the opportunities that they were giving. Any writer, you know, who's really tried knows how difficult that is. And the fact that we were just presented it was amazing. Absolutely. Um, I had to write in something called nonfiction. <laughs> so that was new. It, but it, it led me to an appreciation of nonfiction. Um, essays and, and things of that nature that I didn't really have before I sort of started the um, project. Mm-hmm. Well, do you do you now plan to pursue the writing further? And and if so, how how will you do that? Writing in general is sort of my passion, and I try to write whenever I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, recently, I've uh, submitted two different pieces, and I'm waiting from uh, waiting for a response. I'm trying to get people to read my stories, uh, to sort of follow me, and I'm doing that through various open forums and things of that nature, uh, along with helping Joe with the promotion of the, the book itself. I don't plan to give up writing anytime soon. I I love coming up with worlds and stories, and though I, I love doing that, it brings me a lot of happiness. So I'm not going to give that up. It must have been a real challenge to participate in writing workshops each day after school when a lot of kids are just doing other things they're doing at KSB you know that's when sports happens and that's when music happens and a lot of other things so did you find that this was kind of forcing you to make some choices or were you able to also participate in the other extracurricular things at KSB that you might have wanted to be part of I think that at least in my case uh, I had to make a choice some I think were able to you know, if they wanted to do sports, they could leave at some point in time uh, during the project. I was never a, a, a sportsy person, but I did have to not do piano lessons that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, you know, it was something, you know, it was a give and a take, you know. It was an experience that I both needed, wanted, and got a wonderful result out of. So, I'm sure that was a great choice. I mean, for you to stick with that, and that was all year, right? Yeah, it was all year. It was four days a week all year, and... Um, you know, Selena's uh, not not alone. Many of the students sort of gave up other opportunities um, and uh, extracurricular activities to participate, and uh, based on based on promises that two guys they had not known before <laughs> showed up and started making. And that's what I said at the book launch the other day. And that's okay. something that I'll just carry with me forever. Is um, even though there were lulls in our activity and for our productivity, I should say, and enthusiasm, uh, we had to work as a team to really keep our keep the, the, the ship on course. Oh, I'm sure. I said, just call it blind faith. Yeah, yes, they, they, they really did. Nice <laughs> exactly. Really couldn't. What's interesting is this book is is not a history of the Kentucky School for the Blind. I think that when news came out first from Louisville Story Program about this book and. Um, others in the community started becoming aware of the book. I think the first image was that this was a history of KSB. And that is not what this is at all. This is autobiographical sketches of the seven authors whose work makes up this book. Would you, Selena, would you say that's an accurate view of the book? Yes, it's it's essentially, pretty much KSB is the setting, only partially the setting of which our lives consist of. That is the connection between us is that we went to KC, but in general, it is 
our lives and what is important to us and what we think about, you know, uh, about situations, about, you know, blindness, about society. It really just depends, you know, what makes us tick and we sort of put it into words. I think she's right. The, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the thing that they all have in common is, is, is their uh, blindness and visual impairment and their, that they're students at KSB, but those are not the only subject matters sort of under consideration um, right. in those two covers. And sometimes it's even the lesser of sure. the... Of, of what's really going on in the person's writing. Then, uh, and Joe, when you say that you've done college level writing and working with these students, that's that's just a tremendous thing because a lot of students in high school don't have that opportunity and, mm-hmm. and therefore have to go and learn it later if they learn it at all. And in addition to that, I, I sort of can't, this, this was my sort of first shot as a as a real sort of very involved editor mm-hmm. uh, with with a group of authors, and sometimes mm-hmm. I, I, I sometimes I had this little this little image of ourselves as they were working dutifully um, in the workshop, and we were mm-hmm. talking, and I would go up and work with them one on one on their pieces, uh, mm-hmm. give them suggestions. It was almost like we were running a little newsroom or something. It was it was really cool sometimes. But that experience with an editor and with a publisher and doing great a great amounts of publicity and walking out of high school a published author, I mm-hmm. mean that's something most you know college uh, um, creative writing students. And and there's such a difference in in coming out as a published author who has obviously had some really good training and direction. The work is tightened up. There's not a lot of extra gab and extra words to fill the page. Every page is just compelling and keeps you reading and turning the pages. Um, There's a lot of difference in that and just putting something down and and, and putting it into uh, a little a little, you know, notebook or whatever, and passing it out to a few people and saying, now you're a published author. It's a big difference. Yes. You think, Selena? Oh, definitely. And, you know, words, especially in writing such as, you know, what we did, have a lot of, need to have a lot behind it, a lot of power and strength. So we have to go through and just cut out all of the fat because we're trying to get a message across and we have to do it as poignantly as possible. Yes. Uh, Whatever that message may be. And definitely, I mean, you can't really afford to be one of those people that just kind of throw stuff up, you know, where everyone can see and just go, hey, guys, I wrote this on my phone. Yeah, that's right. It has to to be, you know, clean and very polished Mm -hmm. so that people can see what we're trying to show them. So for people who may want to purchase this book, Joe, tell us. First of all, let's, let's be sure everybody understands. There are seven different stories in this book by seven different authors. And they all have varying backgrounds. As Selena has pointed out, the commonality is that they all are blind or visually impaired and they've all attended the Kentucky School for the Blind, some for a long period of time, some for a short period of time. Um, But how can people go about finding this book, Joe? And when they purchase the book, um, some people would be asking, where does the money go for uh, when they purchase this book? So tell us about the royalties and things too. Oh sure, that's a great. Those are great questions. Yeah, you know, um, like like all the little story program books and endeavors, there's a point of commonality. There's a there's an there's a group or a community who have something in common that we would like to show uh, and express to to the community at large. And then there's also just the humanity and, and the essential um, you know the similarities that that we all have to one another that are expressed. We hope in very compelling. Um, and, and recognizable ways. Um, so th- that's that's really what we tried to do with this book. We had to walk a, a thin line between. Um, we knew we didn't want to end up with a book about blindness and visual impairment, though that book can be would also be very compelling. Um, we think that this book does a great job at straddling a line of, of sort of 
um, showcasing the individuality of the authors and also their commonality with any readership. Um, I think it's really compelling. Not and that, that and that they are teens that have the mm-hmm. same issues that lots of other teens have. Absolutely. I think that's a huge point in this book. It's not, you know, glossed over, sugar coated. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's 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 just there, and and it's just a very compelling, very compelling um, story. So so how can I go about getting this book? Well, um, many many I think in your audience will will really want to check out APH's website. Um, and or contact APH to figure out how to get the Braille and Arts print editions. And mm-hmm. when they when anybody wants the regular print editions, they can get them from LouisvilleStoryProgram.org. They can find them if you're in Louisville at Carmichael's Bookstore. Um, really, we really would love it if people would buy it from LouisvilleStoryProgram.org. Um, that the emails come straight to us, straight to my desk. I walk over and pack them up and put them in the mailroom. Um, we also are selling on Amazon now, which is um, less than ideal, I think but very convenient for people. So we're happy for anybody to order those books any way they like or can. Um, and to your question about uh, what happens to that money, we are a tiny, uh, tiny nonprofit. It's myself and, and the director, Darcy. Um, the student, each, each one of the authors uh, was paid a $500 advance on their royalties, which is, which is what we pay our authors um, as an advance. Uh, to date, I think, we have, I think we have paid our LSP authors something like $15,000 in royalties. Uh, wow! Since 2013, mm-hmm. 2012, 2013. So that advance means that here's here's a here's a percentage of royalties before we sell book one because we believe that these are going to sell a ton of copies that people are going to love this work. Um, then we know that we can recoup this someday. Uh, once we recoup printing and uh, all the publishing costs, um, then then a royalty, then a regular royalty amount will start. And um, but beyond just royalties, these authors have a lot of other opportunities available to them, and and that's something I really I can't say enough to the authors or to anybody else um, that the work we do at LSP terminates in a book or an exhibit or a radio program, but that's not the end of our relationship with our authors. We we really try to leverage all of the work that they do um, in these projects into greater opportunities down the line. Um, Selena walked into college with a, you know is going to walk into college with a, a published author. Um, and we would like to leverage that opportunity for her for as long as we possibly can, and to be mentors and friends, uh, and to find opportunities, and just keep our authors in mind, um, so that when we see opportunities out in the world, we can we can hit them up and, and let them know what's going on. Right. So the person, if they wish to purchase the print copy of the book, can go to LouisvilleStoryProgram.org, That's and right. the book there is twenty dollars. Mm-hmm. That's right, for the regular print edition. For the regular print, right. Now, let me ask you, if they purchase through APH, um, I'm sure the, the Braille and large print are more expensive, but mm-hmm. do you receive the um, uh, you know, the $20 from that sale? The portion uh, no, that sale? That, no, that's also a really great question. Uh, APH has been such an enormously helpful partner in this project. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, this, I walked into KSB not knowing almost anything about the Kentucky School for the Blind, American Printing House for the Blind, blindness and visual impairment. Um, I learned as much, if not more, than anybody in the workshop. Um, I'm, you know, and I'm a changed man. So um, we could not have done this without the help of uh, the American Printing House for the Blind, mm-hmm. um, the Charitable Foundation, the Council of the Blind. Um, a lot of people helped us get this project off the ground. So um, APH is... is they are sort of in charge of the, the Braille and large print editions, and mm-hmm. um, they, they operate on their own budget, and uh, they, so they will keep any, any of the profit okay. Okay. they make from those. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Well, this has been absolutely fantastic. I really enjoyed this. And, Selena, I want you to know how much I appreciate you taking the time to talk with oh, us today. You. You're, you just, you've just done a great job. All seven of the authors are just have just written a very, very phenomenal work here. And um, I just wish you all the best and appreciate your help and hope that you'll keep us in touch with what you're doing and... Um, let us know if you have other other things that get published and where they are so we can follow you as an author. Well, thank you so much. It was my pleasure being here and, and having this. Um, it, it was definitely a pleasure. Thank okay. you. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate it very much. Thanks so much, Carla. Good to talk to you. Page three. The Kentucky Council of the Blind presents three major awards at its annual state convention. We do not necessarily present every award every year. The awards include the William A. Ruth Award, which is named for KCB's founder and first president. Hailing from Middlesboro, Will Ruth was an alumnus of the Kentucky School for the Blind. He was known for his flowery speech and writing. He referred to himself as an old Appalachian Highlander, and he was a true statesman and champion for blind people. The recipient of this award has given outstanding long-term service to the Kentucky Council of the Blind. The 2016 Ruth Award recipient was Deborah Lewis. The award is presented by Natalie Byers at the banquet of the 2016 KCB convention, and Paula Weiss reads the award. So, um, our first award, which is the Will A. Ruth Award, um, and this is actually going to go to um, someone who um, has done a lot of work for KCB. It's, well, I'm going to give it away, but it's the outgoing president. <laughs> so, um, and I overheard her comment at dinner about how she knew she was going to get an award, but um, didn't know which one it, it was. Well, that's what you get for not calling me back. No, just kidding. <laughs> So it goes to um, Deb Lewis. Wow, thank you all. The William A. Ruth Award presented to Deborah Lewis in recognition of leadership as KCB president, SRC committee member, and past president of Guide Dog Users of Kentucky at the 43rd Annual Convention, Kentucky Council of the Blind, November 12, 2016. This thing is heavy. Well, thank you, everybody. Thank you, thank you for the award. I, wow, this was really neat. Um, I'm honored. What can I say? Um, it's been a great four years, and the next four will be great too. <laughs> and uh, thank you. This is, I, I, I can show this to folks if they come over by my table, and, and uh, this is, I don't know what else to say, but thank you. Some of the past recipients of the William Ruth Award include Paula Weiss of Lexington, Deanna Scoggins of Louisville, presented in 2012, Bill Dethridge of Louisville, presented in 2012. In 2010, Jerry Slusher of Covington. In 2009, 
Debbie Kuzwara, Deathridge, of Louisville, and in 2008, Tom Ryder, of Louisville. The James Carl Dotson Award was established in recognition of Carl's many years of service to the blind and his generous support of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Carl was never president of KCB, but he worked tirelessly for the council. He was a 1943 graduate of the Kentucky School for the Blind. He served as scoutmaster at the school, actively supported the KSB alumni, and served his community as a shriner and master of his Masonic Lodge. The James Carl Dotson Award is presented to an individual or organization who has given long-standing service to blind and visually impaired Kentuckians. The 2016 recipient of the James Carl Dotson Award was the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. The award is presented by Debbie Dethridge, President of the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind, at the November 19 Roundabout, and is accepted by Lion John Prophet, president of the Downtown Lions Club. It's a beautiful contemporary piece of crystal, as was Deb's. It's, it's um, got blue and green crystal on the sides. It's, it's really gorgeous. The James Carl Dotson Award presented to the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. For 96 years of ongoing dedicated service to the Louisville community, the Kentucky Council of the Blind, and the Kentucky School for the Blind the, at the 43rd Annual Convention, Kentucky Council of the Blind, November the 12th, 2016. We have an award to present tonight. The Louisville Downtown Lions Club, we kind of did this last uh, week. We announced it at our convention. But um, since we have the president of the Downtown Lions Club here with us tonight, we thought this was an excellent opportunity. It's the James Carl Dotson Award, and they have provided outstanding community service for over 96 years. Uh, they've given KCB and GLCB money for sound prints and they also helped with our they were a sponsor at uh, our convention at the KCB convention and they have done a lot of work for the community so um, John Prophet we have an award for you it's pretty, it's pretty heavy oh wow Can I open it up? Oh, please do <laughs> Some of the past recipients of this award include 2015 Dr. Tuck Tinsley III upon his retirement as president of the American Printing House for the Blind. 2014, Rick Bogus from Owensboro. 2013, Michael Cleveland of Charlestown, Indiana. 2012, Will D. Evans of Louisville. 2011, Cincinnati Association for the Blind and Visually Impaired, Cincinnati, Ohio. 2010, Sue Wesley of Cincinnati, Ohio. 2009, Beth Cross of Lexington, Kentucky. And 2008, the American Printing House for the Blind in Louisville. 
The Anna Rose and Louis Kane Award was originally named for Rose, KCB's third president. Rose was a KSB graduate, and she served underprivileged children and adults in her professional career. Her outspoken advocacy efforts on behalf of low-income, blind, and sighted individuals touched the lives of many Kentuckians. Following Louis's death in 2012, his name was added to the award. Louis was also active in the KSB alumni, was a charter member of KCB, and worked tirelessly for increased employment opportunities for blind people, especially those working at the Kentucky Industries for the Blind, now LC Industries. The Kane Award is presented to an individual or organization that has repeatedly gone the extra mile to advocate for the rights of blind and visually impaired people throughout Kentucky. The 2016 recipient of the Rose and Louis Kane Award was Jenny Tyree. The award was presented at the banquet of the 2016 KCB convention by Carla Rushville and it is read by Paula Weiss. The recipient of this award has done some outstanding work over the past many, many years. We heard a great report this afternoon about how people are being employed, um, the, the kinds of jobs that people have been doing over the past several years. Um, I am currently a member of the Statewide Rehabilitation Council for the Office for the Blind. And I'm in that uh, role, I am chair of the Business and Employment Committee. And so as part of our committee meeting each quarter, we get a report uh, about the different initiatives that are going on. And sometimes it's not just new jobs, it's how can existing jobs be supported so that they continue to be a job that a blind person can do. It's not just enough to get a job for a blind person or a visually impaired person. It is absolutely essential that that person be followed, that if there's issues that arise from changes in software, changes in equipment, changes in job duties, that there be a support out there to help keep that uh, accessible for that blind person. Jenny Tyree has done an absolutely outstanding, amazing job <laughs> in getting jobs and work for blind people. We're missing a number of people at this convention who were here last year because she's put them to work. Imagine that. And, and uh, some of them are working at the Census Bureau and they're working today. Uh, you know, what a concept. I mean, it's really great. And so um, we are so proud to give the Anna Rose and Louis Kane Advocacy Award to Jenny Tyree because she is a tremendous advocate for blind people. Anna Rose and Louis Kane Award presented to Jenny Tyree for her technical knowledge creativity, and support of the people with vision loss in their pursuit of careers presented at the 43rd Annual Convention 
Kentucky Council of the Blind, November the 12th, 2016, and it is just a gorgeous Oh my God, it's beautiful. piece of crystal. <laughs> I can see it. It's gorgeous. It, it is. And it's heavy. It's very it's heavy. Woo! Don't throw it at anybody. No, I'm not going to give you a weapon. <laughs> you definitely don't want to drop it on anybody's foot, that's for sure. I just want to say that I'm very honored to receive this award and very humbled at the same time. I've loved working in the field that I've been in for the last 30 years. And um, I just would like to thank God for giving me that opportunity to work for this agency and having the ability and desire and passion to want to continue helping people. And even though a lot of times we're all out there, we get you know frustrated, but then we get motivated, then we get frustrated, then we get motivated. So I, I feel everybody's pain and everybody's happiness and joy when they get a job. But you know I am here and. Um, you know, to try to help um, the people in this community that do have vision loss. But I just want to say thanks to everybody, and um, hopefully i got another good couple years left in me. So thanks a bunch. Some past recipients of the Kane Award have included Terry Meyer of Covington in 2013, dual awards in 2012 to Cassandra Kulin of Louisville, and Councilwoman Tina Ward-Pugh, also of Louisville, 2011, Central Kentucky Radio I of Lexington. 2010, Eric Bridges of Arlington, Virginia. 2009, Catherine Aqua of Louisville. And 2008, Barbara Miller of Bowling Green. You can read more about these award recipients and watch for more information about additional award recipients from the past by visiting our webpage at www.kentucky-acb.org. Page 4. <laughs> Oh, come on, now I thought I'd better welcome to that last night at the North Hall, 3 o'clock in the morning. Hello, everybody! Merry Christmas, everybody! How's everybody doing? Alright, great! I uh, got here a little late tonight. Apparently, EPS is doing a very good business this year. We've had to have some pretty tricky flying from the rain years as we come into Global International. We've had to dodge about four or five EPS planes as we come through. Almost got hit by one. But, Don't forget about this in your hat. Lost my hat, yeah. Lost my hat upstairs, fell off. I was trying to run down here. And I tell you, you don't want to see Santa Claus run. It's, a, it's not a good thing. Haven't ran in many years. Sometimes you got to make a dash for it sometimes. And I tell you, you get kind of hot in the old Santa suit here. Santa, not dressed for Kentucky weather. You know, we dress for the North Pole. And so it's quite a bit of difference. Feels pretty good when you're traveling through the air, though. But... When you finally make touchdown and you kind of get out and step in these buildings where they've had the heat running, whew, it's starting to get a little warm. But it's all right, though. We made it through and got the reindeers and the sleigh all packed out out there at UPS, and they're taking care of the reindeers as they usually do, feed them and everything. And had a nice escort over here to your all's place, and 
So done pretty good. I'd love to have landed on the roof, but just couldn't make that happen this time. So had to get a car escort in. And Sandy got his lift app and all that good stuff. It's kind of cool, you know, you get to use the lift app and get a police escort at the same time. The drivers think it's pretty cool. So Sandy travels in style. So it's good to be here with you guys again this year. Has everybody been good? Yeah! No! Half of, you, half of you, I believe. Some of you, I know better. I'm concerned about a few of you. Carla, Adam. <laughs> Got a few worries, but I think you'll make it all right by the time Christmas Eve comes. But... Uh, I know the kids have been good, right? Boy, that was it. That was impressive, wasn't it? That's usually when you're supposed to say yes, Santa. <laughs> That's all right. Well, we've got some gifts to pass out, so somebody must have been good. Otherwise, we wouldn't have anything to give out. But I'll make you guys sing for your gifts. So, whoever's at the piano, is that Deanna over there? Yeah. Well, let's do some. There went P there went Deanna at the piano. Pick her up so we can sing up on the housetop. Y'all sing it with us. Those who don't sing, well Hello. Oh good. It worked. <laughs> Those who don't sing it with us, well it's gonna be sad on Christmas Eve. Uh oh. Everybody sing, do a little up on the housetop too. There she goes. She's got it. She's such a professional. Up on, on the housetop, reindeer paws. Out comes good old Santa Claus. On from the chimney with lots of toys. All for the good Christmas joy. Ho, ho, ho. Who would go? Ho, ho, ho. That's the way we do it. All right, we've got some presents to pass out, so let's see what kind of names and stuff we've got in this bag today. That's all right. All right, the first one that we have coming is for River. River. I believe River has been here before. She does come every year. Come on over here, River. I'm going to get a picture. You know these people like their pictures. Adults love their pictures. I know it. All right. What do you want for Christmas? I want some Shopkins. Shopkins. Uh, you know, I have made, the elves have made a billion of those things this year. Must be really popular. So, Shopkins. Anything else? Okay, hang on. Anything else for Christmas? Yum yums. Yum yums. Okay. Yeah, num yums. Yeah. Anything else? Yeah, but they're lipstick and they smell. There you go. All right, we'll see what we can do for you. All right, you have a Merry Christmas. Shopkins and Dum Dums. There you go. 
Destiny is next. Destiny. What do you want for Christmas Eve, Destiny? Um, hey, I think that's kind of what the other one asked for, too. That's all right, I've made a million of them. Are we doing a picture here with Destiny? Leland. Oh, this is a big one. Leland, come here. He's a little bitty. All right, I'm going to set this down here. And then we'll get Leland up here. There we go. Hi, Leland. He's a little bitty fella. He's a little bitty fella. He's like, who is this guy? What is this all about? Let's see if we can get a picture over here. Let's slide away from old Sandy. <laughs> She's like, he's like, what have you done to me? Look over here, Leland. Look over there. <laughs> there we are. Did you get it? I'm working on the picture. All right. All right. Leland's like, take me away. Look, I've never seen a guy with that much hair on his face before. Steven. Steven. There you go, here you go. Here's a gift for you. I'll set it right there. Right. You go. Anyone get a picture? Whoop. Get a picture. <laughs> He's like, pick it up, set it down, pick it up. Okay, Steven. Alright, here we go. Now, what are you wanting for Christmas? A restaurant and a tablet and a phone. Oh, a tablet and a phone. What kind of phone are you going for? iPhone, Android? Or do you get iPhone? Good choice. Good choice. <laughs> he wants an iPhone for Christmas, he says, and a wrestler and a tablet. This is Michael. So we'll, Michael. we'll get him a bunch of those iOS devices. We've done a million of those this year, too. Now we have Michael. Michael. I'm too big to sit on your lap. You're too big? Well, how'd you get a present from old Santa Claus? You're a little big. You've been a bad kid. <laughs> he says he's been a bad kid. I, I think you got it in reverse, I think. Well, I'd ask you, what do you want for Christmas? Nothing. Nothing? Hey, Sandy can do that one. <laughs> that's, that's what I like to do there. Nothing. All right, we have Owen next. Now, if Owen says he wants nothing for Christmas, I'm going to start getting a little concerned. There you go. Yes, sir. What do you want for Christmas? Uh, I want some toys. Well, what kind of toys? There's all kinds of toys. Huh? He says he wants any kind of toys. Well, we can do that for you. All right. Have a Merry Christmas. Any kind of toys. I like that. So when it comes to looking back in the back of Sandy's stock room, I'll just pick him out some. He'll get a, a wooden toy from 1923. Who do we got here? Charlotte. Come on up here, Charlotte. She is a teeny tiny. She's two months old. Oh, now look, now look at this now. Charlotte, two months old. So Santa will be delivering presents for a long time to her. There you go. That's cute. Santa loves the little ones. Love all the kids, but the little ones, you know, those are the ones that Santa will be seeing for a long time. 
So I recognize a lot of faces, a lot of voices and stuff in here. Some of you guys have been here, been going to these Christmas parties since the old KSB days, haven't you? Santa's been coming to those for a long time, too. It's always good to see where some of you, some of you kids are getting up there in age a little bit. Some of you guys have been around since the early days of Santa coming to KSB on those parties. It's, it's always good to see everybody again. I know most of you, yeah, you guys are a pretty good group, and Santa always keeps watch on all the activities that the council does. And it's always good to see people working, getting things, getting things accomplished. So now it's on to the next stop for Santa. We'll see what happens next. I think we've got a few more stops to make in a different time zone tonight. Thank you all for inviting me to your party. I'm glad I could make it again. And we will be here again next year, so I hope all of you all will be too. All right. Merry Christmas, everybody. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Sound Prints. Have a great week, everybody.